This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 36 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. Man, how the heck is this NBA Final Series tied at one game apiece, man? I thought the Toronto Raptors would run away with game two at the end when Klay Thompson got hurt. Now they have two of their biggest stars out. Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson. The Raptors went in a boxing one to guard Steph Curry in the last like six minutes of the game. Man, it was absolutely crazy. This NBA Finals is just crazy, man. But before we get into all that, thank you for tuning in from iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're tuning in from. I really appreciate it. Oh, man. I'm just excited about this NBA Finals. Finally, a competitive Finals. Because we all know, if Kevin Durant was healthy, everybody was healthy, Warriors will easily be up 2-0 right now. I'm going to break down and talk about the numbers and the analytics as to what happened to the Raptors, especially in that third quarter when they allowed the Warriors to go on that 18-0 run. But then again, I'm not surprised. Absolutely not. The Warriors have been doing this for the past five years. You only don't know that if you've been living under a rock. But man, we have so much to talk about and so much to cover. Guys, with no further ado, let's just get right into it. Huh? What are you talking about, man? Woo! What? (laughs) Bro, what are you talking about, man? In the infamous words of Rudy T, after the Houston Rockets won that 1995 NBA Finals, he said, never underestimate the heart of a champion. And the Warriors epitomized this in Game 2 of the NBA Finals. For those of you who have not watched the game, the Toronto Raptors handedly beat the Golden State Warriors in Game 1. They shot the ball absolutely amazing. They defended absolutely amazing. And I broke down those analytics in episode number 35. So if you want to go back, all those statistics still apply now. And since the series is still early, you can still go through them and see how the games have been played out so far. So far, so good for me. You know, I've, I've broken down some things that have been happening right now. One thing that I've done over the course of since starting this podcast is like I tend to listen to other people's and their commentaries and how they break down and their viewpoints for me to gather an idea of how everybody's thinking. And one thing that many people are talking about, it's Clay Thompson's injury. They're talking about Kevin Durant have been present and what uh, the Warriors have been doing defensively from game one to game two. But one key point that they are missing and absolutely something that changed uh, game two for the Warriors and how they were able to win. First adjustment. Steve Kerr put Boogie Cousins into the starting lineup. And many of us were like, what the heck is he doing? Like, Boogie Cousins is horrible defensively. You know, he hasn't played basketball in almost... He's been on and off for almost 18 months. He hasn't played at a high level for a long time. So, against his Raptors' speed, it was going to be an issue. Or so we thought. Boogie Cousins had an amazing game. He had 11 points, 10 rebounds, and I believe 6 or 7 assists. He played a complete game defensively. He held Marcus Gasol in check. Draymond Green also held Siakam in check. We all know Siakam had one of the greatest NBA Finals games shooting-wise. This man went 14 for 17. At one point, he was 
9 for 9 or 10 for 10. He had a total of 32 points. Mark Gasol contributed in game 1 for 20 points as well. So between Gasol and Siakam, they had 52 points combined. They literally outscored the entire Golden State bench and they outscored uh, the rest of the Golden State starters by themselves. That's how the Toronto Raptors were able to win game one. Now we fast forward to game two, which is quite important. And this is where I want to begin with. The Toronto Raptors shot the ball extremely well in, uh, in game one. But also one statistic that just breaks down everything as to how the Raptors really, really won game one. They shot the ball 15 for 23 overall and 5 for 9 from the three-point line in the last six seconds of the shot clock. And in game two, they shot only 5 for 20 overall and 0 for 6 from the three-point line in the last six seconds. That pretty much tells you how well defensively the Golden State Warriors play. But then, this is this is just reading the box score to you for you to understand as the listener what's really going on. But if you actually watch the game with the eye test and you saw what was going on, the Raptors got a lot of shots, a lot of open shots actually. And uh, they were just missing them. But that's the nature of basketball. Adrenaline rush, first time in NBA Finals. You know, you you have nothing to lose, really, because you're playing against the defending champions, the two-time defending champions. So, you know, you tend to have this swag. You have home court advantage. So I kind of expected the Raptors to shoot the ball pretty well in Game 1, but not as well as I stated in that statistic. And it was quite amazing. Shout out to John Schumann, NBA senior analyst. He breaks down the analytics for NBA.com. You know, he provided the statistics. But what's even crazier about the Raptors shooting the ball that well on the six seconds is how many times they shot the ball on the six seconds. In game one and game two, the Toronto Raptors shot the ball 43 times inside the six seconds of the shot clock. In comparison to the Golden State Warriors who only shot the ball 16 times. A total of game two, just 16 times. So that's an average of eight times. In the uh, in under six seconds in the shot clock, so if I'm just a casual basketball fan and I see that statistic, I'm saying, okay, well, Golden State is getting within their offense. They know where they want to place themselves. They know where they need to go, so they make quick decisions and then get the ball off. And of course, that's also predictable because if you look at the box score, the Golden State Warriors in the second half alone of Game Two, they assisted on 22 made field goals. They got 22. Out of the 22 made field goals they made, they had 22 assists. They had a total of 38 assists the entire game. That's Cripps' absolute championship ball movement. That is what That is what won the Golden State Warriors this game. You have to take in consideration what went on this game as well. Steph Curry didn't play well the first quarter. He had zero points. He had an overall not so good game. He only shot the ball. 6 for 17. Not so great to his standards. He missed a lot of three-pointers you usually make. You can tell Steph was dehydrated. He was not really focused. Uh, we also already know Kevin Durant did not play. And then on top of that, Klay Thompson was injured going starting of the fourth quarter. That was the Toronto Raptors' chance to capitalize and take this series by the neck. They could have been up 2-0. Toronto just didn't take their chances. And it's not like Golden State played their best game. And that's what's baffling. People forget. 
and again something else people don't talk about like a lot of radio shows a lot of talk shows i don't hear them talk about this as much as we want to talk about golden states all-stars we want to talk about you know the depth and how good they've been the last five years you guys do realize that golden state only needs a quarter and a half to beat you one good quarter of basketball on the game's over you have to play a near perfect game i want to backtrack to game one the golden state warriors played awful to their standards and yet with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter of game one they were only down three points minus kevin durant as of this recording on june 3rd monday i read the news that kevon looney will also be out so we're gonna go into game three with the warriors you're gonna have steph curry possibly no clay thompson no Kevin Durant, a hobbled Andre Iguodala. I expect the Raptors to win game three. But then again, am I going to be foolish enough to discount the Golden State Warriors and Steve Kerr and his amazing, brilliant coaching staff, the adjustments they're going to make? I already mentioned it earlier. They put Boogie Cousins in the starting lineup because hey we're going to sacrifice some defense because we need some offense without Kevin Durant on the floor and now that Klay Thompson may possibly not play and arguably their best center who defends pick and rolls against Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard is going to be out indefinitely they're going to need everything from Boogie Cousins and that brings me to another statistic that many people overlooked in game two that also helped the Golden State Warriors win the game even though some fans may not admit that. The Golden State Warriors shot 30 plus free throws. Ed Malloy, Tony Brothers. The NBA Finals is not the place for this, man. This game was played sloppy. Kyle Lowry fouled out. Granted, some of his fouls were dumb fouls. He should have never taken some of those fouls. But these officials, man, they got to let these men play. It's the NBA Finals, guys. You can't be calling these ticky-tack fouls. Points come at a premium in series like this. Games, you can't just throw them away. But Golden State better be grateful. Nobody's going to say it, but I will. They got a lot of free throws. They had a lot of free throws in game two. And that helped them stay in this game. 30 plus free throws in comparison to the 17 or the 18 that uh, the Toronto Raptors shot. What does free throw What does free throw shooting tell you? The amount of free throws that you get. It can be a combination of a bunch of things. Game 2, the Warriors were clearly more aggressive than the Toronto Raptors. They pushed the ball up the floor. They took the ball more to the basket. The Toronto Raptors got caught sleeping multiple times. Because if we want to talk about the third quarter, another statistic that hasn't been there or even existed since the 1976-1977 merger of the NBA and the ABA. The Golden State Warriors is the first team to go on a 20-0 run dating back to the end of the second quarter of Game 2. A 20-0 run. The Toronto Raptors were 0 for 9, 0 points for the first 5 minutes and 45 seconds of that game. Golden State put it on them. The Golden State Warriors went from a 5-point deficit to literally a 14-point lead in a span of 6 minutes. These guys are lethal. 
These guys will cut your throat out, man. No lead is too big for them. No lead is safe against these guys. And yet, the Toronto Raptors, even after all that, they were within striking, striking distance of beating the Golden State Warriors. And that moment happened when Klay Thompson went down. He got hurt with about 10 minutes and 42 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Golden State Warriors then proceeded to go scoreless for the next or not next. They went scoreless for the last six minutes of the fourth quarter until Andre Iguodala took that three-pointer and made it. And that's something we're going to talk about further in the podcast. But I want to focus on one part that everybody is talking about today. And probably we'll talk about up to game three. Nick Nurse going with the high school defense. That box in one. For those of you... Who don't know what a boxing one is. It's pretty much where you put four guys playing like a like a safety role. You hedge off the other guys that you're supposed to guard. And one man chases around your best player or your best shooter. And most of the time will be your best shooter. Without Clay Thompson on the floor. Without having Kevin Durant on the floor. And having Andre Godala, Draymond Green. Guys who are reluctant to shoot the basketball. Nick Nurse did something that was quite brilliant. And it worked for the last six minutes. And yet the Raptors couldn't capitalize. Steph Curry had 23 points entering the fourth quarter and didn't score a basket in the fourth. He disappeared. Sure, you would say, oh, he looked a little sick. He looked off. But hey, he didn't look sick the second and the third quarter. That's something that we need to pay attention to. To wonder about what what are the Warriors going to do come game three if Clay is not going to play. And it looks... From a couple of videos on Bleacher Report, a couple of videos on NBA.com, they're circulating on Twitter as well. Kevin Durant wasn't even trying to go on his tippy toes to try to just shoot the ball on in during practice today. Or yesterday, rather. What was going on there? It doesn't look like Kevin Durant's ready to come back. So what are the Raptors going to do? Usually gimmick defenses, that's a defense you don't run a long t- for a long period of time. That's something you run strategically. Are the Raptors really going to do that the entire game three if Klay Thompson doesn't come back and Kevin Durant's not there? Is that really what we're going to see? But my point, my whole point here is the Raptors had a chance to win even though they were shooting that awful that entire game. They shot the ball 37%, but usually when you shoot the ball 37% and the other team shoots 46%, they're most likely going to lose. But like I said in the beginning of this segment, do not underestimate the heart of a champion. And the Golden State Warriors have taken back this series 1-1 to Oracle Arena. Let's transition to this. Klay Thompson's injury. How is that going to affect the Golden State Warriors moving forward? Klay Thompson in all his NBA Finals games since 2015. In Game 2 was the first time he put up 25-5-5. In game one, he had 26 points. So far to me, him and Draymond Green look to be the MVPs of the finals so far. You can go back and forth and see who's more important. Right now, Draymond Green is controlling the entire pace of this series. In game one, he looked nonchalant on defense and the entire Golden State squad looked nonchalant. Okay, you can also blame that on the fact that they haven't played basketball in 11 straight days. They didn't expect the Raptors to be that fast. And that engage in game one. 
But he got it together in game two. But now that Clay is down, he's the primary defender on Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry. What is Golden State going to do? Steve Kerr already made the one adjustment to have Boogie Cousins in the starting lineup. But in basketball, unlike many other sports, when so many key players and key people are injured, it's hard to overcome it in a seven-game series, especially against the defense of the Toronto Raptors. In episode 35, the previous episode, I spoke about defensively and analytics, and I broke it down for you guys to know how great defensively the Toronto Raptors are. So far... In the NBA playoffs, teams are scoring 7 points less than they have in the regular season. That's how great the defense is. And now going into game 3, let's just assume Klay Thompson is not going to play. And Kevin Durant, like I mentioned, we looked at those videos online and he looks like he can't even shoot a basketball properly off his toes. So what starting lineup are we going to have? Boogie Cousins, Draymond Green, Steph, Steph Curry, McKinney, uh, Jordan Bell, uh, Quinn Cook, Sean Livingston, what are we going to see? Aside from Quinn Cook, the rest of these guys are reluctant to shoot the basketball. Of course not. Boogie Cousins will be down on the block. So I wonder what kind of scheme are we going to have? That lineup that I just mentioned of Steph Curry, Boogie Cousins, Draymond Green, uh, I would assume Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala, they have a per 100 possessions that team only averages 94 points a game that is not absolutely not going to be enough to beat this toronto raptors team even at home for game three that's how much clay thompson means to this warrior team that's why many questions arose when they went and got kevin durant because they said man a healthy clay and a healthy steph with a healthy draymond green they're good enough to win an nba championship But on the flip side, guys, let's put the numbers aside for a bit. When you invest so much money in arguably, to me, the best NBA player on the planet, this current moment in Kevin Durant, you're going to have to sacrifice some depth. And as much as people wanted to say that uh, the Golden State Warriors are 5-0 without Kevin Durant in the playoffs and how well the bench has played, the Toronto Raptors have thoroughly Toronto Raptors bench, especially Fred Fred Van Vliet by himself. He has he has, and will continue to outscore the Golden State Warriors bench. So we're gonna need scoring from the starters, and I find it quite hard. Aside from Iguodala's shot, mind you, before that shot, Andre Iguodala was one for eleven from the three point line. So when Nick Nurse went to the press conference and he said, we'll live with that shot. Yes, I will live with it too. And that's what's happening right now in this Toronto Raptors Golden State Warriors series. Bodies are dropping for the Warriors. The Raptors are playing well defensively. And no matter which sport you play, defense travels. So the Raptors are going to be ready defensively. But offensively, what are we going to get from the Golden State Warriors? The Golden State Warriors have averaged 114 points in the regular season. So far in the playoffs, they've been averaging 109. And against the Toronto Raptors, they scored 106, respectively, and 109, respectively. So they're averaging about 100 and... 
four and a half, 105 points. Is that enough to win an NBA Finals game? It should be. If we're back in the 90s and early 2000s. We're facing the likes of Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam. He's not going to go five for 18 again. He's going to have a better game. They're going to implement a game plan for him. But the key is, what is Steph Curry going to do now that he's going to garner all the LeBron James type attention, all of the Kevin Durant type attention? Because he's not going to have his buddy Klay Thompson to bail him out anymore. So Andre Godala, Klay Thompson, I mean, sorry, Andre Godala, Draymond Green, Sean Livingston, these guys are going to have to be willing scorers. They can't defer anymore. And it's going to be exciting to see, exciting to break down what is going to happen for game three. Here's by the numbers. This is your stats of the day. Ah, and today's stat of the day. <laughs> Actually, it should be stat of the week, but I need to change that intro, man. Uh, eventually, when we start doing everyday podcasts, we'll change it back to stat of the day. But for right now, it's the stat of the week, and the number is 23. Shout out to Basketball Reference for pulling up this data and providing it for you listeners. Most consecutive playoff series with a road win in NBA history. The Golden State Warriors with 23 series in a row winning at least one road game. That's how ridiculous this team is right now and what kind of role they are on. So practically that eventually wins you a series. If you can win one or two games on a road and you have home court advantage, which the Warriors have been having for the past five years, you know you're guaranteed to win. If you're interested to know the rest of the teams on this list, the Miami Heat from 2011 to 2018, the San Antonio Spurs from 2013 to 2017, the Cleveland Cavaliers from 2010 to 2017, the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls from 1991 to 1994, and the great Larry Bird Celtics. From 1984 to 1987, the Spurs, Cavaliers, Bulls, and Celtics, they are tied for third on the list with 13 consecutive in the Miami Heat on 19. And like I already stated, the Golden State Warriors with 23, at least one win in a series, one road win, that is. Man, that was the stat of the day. Ah, man, it's prediction time. Initially, you guys know I predicted the Golden State Warriors to take this series 4-1. And obviously, that means they're going to win Game 3, barring any type of other circumstances. I think Klay Thompson is going to come back. I think he's going to tough it out this game. And I think Steph Curry is going to have one of those big games. Every time we doubt Steph Curry, he comes up with an amazing game. I think he's going to have 40-plus this game with 9 assists. Klay Thompson is going to chip in with 20 points. Draymond Green, I think, is going to also have a near triple-double. I think the Golden State Warriors will win this game 115 to 105. They're going to take a 2-1 series lead. That will buy Kevin Durant another couple days for him to return for Game 4. And Golden State will just run away with this series. This was a stats man prediction. And this is the end of episode number 36. Guys, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate all the support over all these episodes, and I hope to bring a lot more for you. But for right now, Statman signing out, baby.
You're listening to your home of the Raptors, Sportsnet 590. This afternoon, playing in their first final, I thought they were more ready to go than Golden State. Yeah, that's how you knock off a giant. You got to have everybody having the confidence. I fully expect that Golden State will play a better game in game number two. In the opening game of the NBA Finals, the Toronto Raptors overwhelmed the Golden State Warriors, putting the defending champs back on their heels. Now down one game to none in the finals for the first time ever and still without an injured Kevin Durant, can Golden State bounce back and even the series? Yes, sir. Locked in, ready to go. It's first to four, not first to one. So we're never going to doubt ourselves, no matter what position we're in. Get ready to run early. Okay, they're going to try to throw you the best punch early. Get ready to run early. Finals underway from Toronto. Bounce pass over to Clay Thompson. Thompson fumbled it, leaves it for Draymond. Back to Clay. Quick release and a splash of three ball for Clay Thompson. Here's Clay on the other end. Three point line. Catch and shoot. Great good. He is red hot. We're going to start the game. Good start, guys. The defense is much tighter. Let's get a stop and run. Keep running. You just keep playing and you go get it yourself. McKinney turns it over. Van Fleet up top. playing with the force once again. Gasol has Jarebko. Great cut. With a slam dunk on the feet. Let's go! Let's go! Keep that pressure up. Keep that pressure up. Stolen by Van Vliet. One man to beat. Van Vliet to the basket. Lays it in. They don't pick it up. Kawhi with six to shoot, makes his move to the three-point line. Has it ripped away, it's loose at half court, chases down, Curry's got it. Curry behind Gasol, lays it around and in. Curry now with 14 points. They do a good job of hanging around. It seemed like in the last couple of weeks, Golden State's trailing every game. Again, it's a team that time and time again, they never overreact. Clay Thompson, quick release, and a splash! you didn't think this Golden State team was going to go down fighting and put a run together, then you don't know this team. Raptors hanging on for dear life. Cuts to the cutting. Clay Thompson, left hand finish. Cousins has made a big impact. Steve Kerr made a tough decision, and the big fella has rewarded that fate by making plays and getting it done defensively also. Cousins drives and finishes. DeMarcus Cousins now in double figures. What an avalanche here from Golden State. Cousins to Cook. Cook tries it. Knocks it down. Quinn Cook off the bench. Golden State leads by 10. We're going to go on a run of our own. Stay with it. Stay with it. We're going to go on a run of our own. Just regroup here a little bit. Keep playing. Okay. Cut a little harder. Work a little harder to get open. Let's go. Just get a bucket and a stop right here. Let's go. Leonard. Harassed by Green. Foul. Shots good. Still alive. Five point game. Five point game, baby. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it right here. 33 seconds to play. Gasol taps it out. Siakam out to Green for three. Bang! Raptors down two. 
Do you foul or not right now? You've got to trap him to get it out of his hands. Curry throws it. Livingston has it. Back to Iguodala. Iguodala puts it up. Watches a three. Buried it! He buried it with 5.9 to go. Andre Iguodala with a game two dagger. The final horn goes, and the Warriors capture game two here in Toronto. Feels amazing, man. It feels amazing. And the finals are all even at a game apiece. You know, you got to come on the road to get a win. You know, it's always great to kind of relieve that pressure. Now we got to go home and take care of business. We're in the same boat there, kind of. We're in coming here. You know, we got to go out there and get one. Right? That's all we got to do is get one. And uh, we can do that. We came to do. We gotta take care of home court. Love Nation, get ready. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.